It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are here for you Monday through Friday, so thanks for making us part of your daily routine. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, and my post-game partner, Sam Jam Packard. And uh, on the bright side, Sam, we were right about this? Yeah, we nailed <laughs> this one. We, we said the Cavs would dominate, and uh, that's what they did for pretty much... Uh, Made basically the entire game. 117-104 in a game that ended up a little bit closer than uh, it seemed or it felt. If we want to have a positive spin, the Celtics did outscore the Cavaliers by 9 in the second half. So that's good. But basically the things that we thought that would probably happen, LeBron James going nuts, Tristan Thompson grabbing too many offensive rebounds, the Celtics... Uh, somehow not being able to hit shots. All of those things kind of came to fruition and caused a uh, very disappointing night for some people. Although, as I said going into this, if you had low expectations going in, it really wasn't that disappointing. So uh, this is this is kind of how it goes. We're brought to you today by Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter is the best way... For those of you who are hiring, the best way to find candidates by posting your jobs all over the internet. We got a special deal for you coming up on ZipRecruiter.com. Let's just kind of, I guess, we, let, let's just. First of all, let me take a breath because I'm kind of struggling where to start with this. Let's just kind of get. Well, I see it as this, the Celtics have two main problems. They cannot stop. Uh, LeBron James or the Cavs offense and two they can't score the ball when they're on offense so you put those kind of those two things together the kind of bad defense and the bad offense uh, it was a long night for the Celtics I thought they actually did a decent job getting good looks in the first half um, they just didn't knock down shots they were one for 15 from three at uh, one point uh, 
it feels like if the Celtics are going to pull out a game, they're going to have to score over 120 points. They're going to have to put up at least 30 points a quarter. Um, and when your shots, um, your open shots, your uncontested shots aren't falling at home, they really have no chance because there's just there's no way for them to stop uh, LeBron James. They don't have a guy who can guard him individually. And if they start doubling him, oh, yeah, he's an amazing passer and his team is entirely made up of three-point shooters. So it's you basically there's there's no real answer. I don't see what adjustment Brad Stevens can make because they the Cavs scored 61 points in the first half only um, what was it only attempting one three uh, I think it's or making one three. It's just uh, the Celtics are kind of uh, screwed, so they really have to participate in a shootout. They really have to score just and keep scoring every single possession and. It's just not something we've seen the Celtics do for uh, long stretches, uh, um, at least recently, uh, at least in the playoffs. It's not they, they can put together good quarters, but entire games where they're scoring at an elite level is not something that's Yeah, th- this is, I think, <laughs> part of this is a, a little bit of a, a culture shock for the Boston Celtics. They just spent seven games playing against the Wizards, and the Wizards are a good team, but they're not the, they're not the Cavaliers. And... When you are, I, I'm almost almost want to compare it to in baseball when you've been facing a knuckleball pitcher for seven innings, and all of a sudden they bring in a guy that throws a hundred mile an hour fastball. <laughs> he throws that first pitcher like, holy shit, was that two hundred miles an hour? It just feels so much faster. The first half, as compared to the second half, I think the Celtics were frantic in the first half. They looked. A weird combination of both tired and some people called it nervous. They just, they were way out of position. They were way overreacting. They were trying so kind of, I don't know, they're trying too hard in, uh, uh, on like closeouts and stuff. Like they were, they just weren't really aware of what the actual Cavaliers speed was and, I think they started out the game playing at wizard speed and that's just a different speed. And Jay King tweeted out that he said, there's no Brandon Jennings coming in in the, off the bench to kind of save you here. It's just a different, the Cavaliers are a different animal. So I think it took a little bit, honestly, between the Celtics playing seven games and being tired and in, the, the Cavaliers being kind of rested and the Cavaliers just being at a completely different level than the, the two teams that they faced in the playoffs so far and how the Celtics have just been for a month plus now dealing with those teams. I think there was a little bit of a shock at the beginning at the speed at which the Cavaliers were moving and executing. And obviously LeBron is LeBron. Now that's only part of it. And I don't want to make it sound like that's the excuse and look at what they did in the second half. They did calm down in the second half and and they, they got back to playing basketball, mostly I think because, and let's talk about Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart became a real pain in the ass, a super huge pain in the ass for the, uh, for, for the Cavaliers. And I know he fouled out after playing 21 minutes. Shout out to Ad Danger Cart for calling that actually. Like, to the minute. Yeah, what an obscure prediction that happened to come exactly right. Shut that up. was wild, that right? Was amazing. But I think his 
I get, for lack of a better term, antics, annoyed Cleveland enough, pumped up his team enough, and they kind of got back to playing some basketball. Probably a little combination of the Cavaliers being up 61 to 39 at the half to, you know, maybe they relaxed a little bit and allowed that to happen. But I think now at least the Celtics can go into game two with a better understanding of what exactly they're facing. They still have to play perfectly, but at least now they have a better idea of what perfectly means. Yeah, we really saw in the final six minutes of the third quarter, the Celtics um, kind of just increased their intensity on the defensive end. Uh, and it was a lot started by Marcus Smart just kind of antagonizing Tristan Thompson as much as possible. And really, he's the only member of the Celtics who knows how to properly box out. So if if that's the solution, I'm, I'm all for him starting at power forward to start the game and Horford defending um, Kevin Love and Smart defending Tristan Thompson's just because it's a it's an interesting enough wrinkle. And we, I feel like that's. That's the only thing the Celtics can do at this point to keep Tristan Thompson off the glass. But if you're right, that's it's like that's the kind of the way the Celtics are going to need to play if they if they want to win a game. They're going to need to play like that for over three quarters. And we just I hate to come back to this, but we just have, haven't seen them play consistently great um, for this entire for this entire playoffs. They haven't really turned to except for that game six against the Chicago and the Bulls kind of gave up. Um it's really the Celtics need to put in that maximum effort and on top of that, uh, knock down their three-pointers, which they also do during that run. Um, it's just it's a tough situation because we can talk about all these adjustments. We can talk about them playing with intensity. Um, they still don't have a way to stop LeBron James. The man scored 38 points tonight, only making one three. He was just, no matter who they put on him, Kelly Olynyk or Al Horford, he blew past them. Uh, Jay Crowder, he blew past a couple times. Gerald Green, he just there's no stopping him. Marcus Smart couldn't stop him. He's too small. I just don't know what the Celtics do to to kind of th- slow him down at this point, other than other than doubling. But like like I mentioned before, uh, they're just surrounded by three point shooters. And Kevin Love was six of nine from three point uh, range tonight. He scored 32 points. It's just even when. Um, LeBron James wasn't scoring. The the Cavs were doing great from three. So I just, I don't know. I'm at a loss for now how you possibly stop uh, LeBron other than just kind of matching him shot for shot, which I'm hoping will happen um, when the Warriors are <laughs> in the finals. The, the, there is a way. There is a way to beat the, the Cavaliers. Look, the Celtics scored 104 points. And yeah, a bunch of them came in, the gar- in garbage time. There was still 36 points in the third quarter that the Celtics scored that even though the Cavaliers were up a lot, there's still a full half of basketball to go. And they they still had LeBron out there. LeBron played 42 minutes. So they weren't they weren't. It's not like they uh, the Celtics did this against the full Cavs bench. So there is some merit to the Celtics being able to score against the Cavaliers. In the first half, the Celtics missed a ton of open shots, and they shot two of 16 from three. That's just abhorrent. Isaiah Thomas, three of 11 overall, one of four from three. Bradley was the other other guy who made a three. Horford missed two. Crowder missed one. Olenek, Smart, both missed two. Rozier missed. They... 
they don't need to hit at their average. They need to hit above their average. And they need to hit at 40-something percent. And so in the first half, if they score at, at that average, maybe – so they hit six or seven. Let's say seven three-pointers. So that's five more. That's 15 more points. Now you're at least closer. Now, that's a way oversimplification. But my point stands in that for the Celtics to have a chance against the Cavaliers, they really simply need to knock down any open shot they have. Obviously, the open threes are preferable. They can't work hard to to get those open threes and and miss. It's and it's probably too much to ask, but that's what it will take. It will take guys hitting at a rate that they're not used to hitting. But beyond that, I think even at an average rate would have been nice just to kind of keep that close. So I I think that's what it comes down to and somehow pumping up the the pace, 88 field goal attempts. I think they need to be up in well into the 90s, close to 100 field goal attempts, which means running off of makes. Anytime, the whenever they get a chance to have the ball in their hands, it's just running, pushing the ball, just fast break, old school, Tommy Heinsohn style, running, 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 and just getting those shots up. And the more shots you take, the, the better opportunity you have to score. That's I think that's... That's what it's going to come down to for the Celtics to have at least uh, an inkling of a chance. And I think the on top of that, it's going to have to all happen immediately once they start game two because it feels like there's a definite little brother, big brother factor here where if, if the Celtics get down as much as is 15, it's it's going to be really tough for them to get back. We saw them make a little bit of a, a little bit of noise in the end of the third quarter and they were still found themselves down 20 it feels like they really have to keep this game close um just for the kind of the emotion of the game and this is coming from uh some i have an older brother so i understand this is like overcoming the psychological portion of that it's just like lebron james basically just came in here and did whatever he want wanted so if the celtics fall down big at least 15 or 20 in another in in game two i it's just I feel like it's hard to ignore that psychological factor. It's like, man, what do we do to beat this guy? Because nothing has worked. So they really have to, if they're going to throw that, like kind of the punch to show that they're in the game, it has to be right when they start game two. Otherwise, I just think there's uh, this whole psychological factor that's hard to overcome if you're the Celtics. Uh, okay, so we keep talking about Amir Johnson not playing and playing and not playing and then playing. He played four and a half minutes in this game. Uh, <laughs> unable to do anything at all. So uh, I'm starting to wonder again if Mar- if he's going to st- uh, start anymore, if he's going to play anymore. Has he played his final minutes as a Celtic? Uh, do we start somebody else? Do you start Marcus Smart? Jalen Brown. Let's talk a little bit about Jalen Brown. He was a big bright spot for the Celtics. 20 minutes played, 10, 10 points, 9 rebounds, an assist, Five of seven shooting. He's the only guy that could really shoot much besides Jay Crowder, who had the quietest 21.8 rebound, five assist game you're ever going to see. But Jalen Brown is a potential answer for for the Celtics, I think. Or why not? Just throw him in there. Why not? 
absolutely throw him in there. Let's see what the young fella can do. We saw the Celtics go to him, um, especially I felt like when Kyle Korver was in the game and just using Jalen Brown's athleticism to beat Korver off the dribble. He's definitely not scared uh, offensively. He's looking to take it to the rim. Uh, he had that one brutal, brutal defensive mistake where he just didn't you know, stop yeah. the ball unless Tristan Thompson just yam all over uh, him. But you know what? I, more minutes for Jalen Brown. I think starting Jalen Brown, I'm open to the idea. Clearly, Amir Johnson is not working. Clearly, having two bigs on the floor um, is not going to work for the Celtics. So I think they're going to have to go smaller. I really hope the answer is not Gerald Greed, even though he scored 11 points tonight when, and hit the knockdown three threes. It's got to be Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, I, and I think you just got to play small for the entirety of the of the game. So, I think I think it's the type of thing where Brad's not gonna he's going to start Amir Johnson tomorrow, play him for two minutes, and then you'll see Jalen Brown be the first sub <laughs> off the bench or Marcus Smart, and then Brad will do the mercy and finally start someone else in game. Three. That may well be the case. I mean, to start a guy for four and a half minutes and that's it, have him not play anymore. Basically, you're admitting that that's not going to work. I agree. The go small, just try to outrun them. And and look, you you have out if you have LeBron out there playing for 42 minutes, and you have him running up and down the floor for 42 minutes. Maybe that's just one possible way to get him to slow down a little bit at the end of the game. Maybe. Nope, he's a cyborg. Yeah, he's a cyborg. He, is. he got hurt today, and he looked like he had a bad ankle injury, and he was completely fine. Uh, three minutes later, and I got me thinking: Has LeBron James ever been hurt for longer than um, five minutes? Like, he, I feel like there's been numerous times where he comes up limping, and then he's just the exactly a normal player. He is regenerated. He is Wolverine. It just doesn't make any sense. The only thing that can stop him is some cramps in San Antonio. Like, it just that's the only physical defect this uh, man has ever had. Basically, it. It's only been those cramps, and he seems to have that under control. Uh so. I guess that's it. Like, there's no point in in going too deep into this. The Celtics tried to—I don't know what they tried to do today. They, they they came out, they played a basketball game, and they lost. It sucked, but whatever. It's fine because this is all house money. And I know people people might be disappointed, but this was the absolute ceiling. Getting to this point was the absolute ceiling for this team, and anything beyond here is gravy. But that doesn't mean that we can't kind of try to figure this out. And one way, like when it comes to basketball, we know it's the right players on the court that were going to be the key to success. And it's the same way for your business. It's not any different. Your company needs the right people on the court to be your Best. So where do you find the top talent? I'm telling you, it's ziprecruiter.com. You, I've been in your shoes. I, I, I've said it before on this. I've been a hiring manager. I know what it's like to try and find people that to, to fill slots. It's just a pain. It's a big pain. You can't just do it by posting to one site. You got to post on all of the top job sites. And you can do it with ZipRecruiter, 100-plus job sites with one click, and that includes social media. You can do it on Facebook, Twitter, or all those other job boards. So that's how ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. In fact, we're going to get into some analytics here. 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. 
I don't know what that would translate to in playoff per, but that would be pretty high. So 30, 30 at, at least, least solid 30. Okay, so don't juggle emails. Don't, don't worry about people calling your office. None of that crap. It's not worth it. Simply screen, rate, manage the candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. Right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team. This winning team could beat the Cavaliers. That's how good ZipRecruiter is. And you can do it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O Celtics. ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O Celtics. Try it for free today. Free at ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O Celtics. And how else? I mean, I just, I'm someone who just graduated uh, and I'm, I'm looking for a job. So how else are you going to find my resume without going to zip recruiter because let me tell you I, it's i'm a i'm a i'm a good get i think i think i'd be fit in with a number of companies zip recruiter is the way to jam's heart so i would say <laughs> definitely put that uh lo celtics in there and uh, you'll have a good chance of hiring me in this offseason i'm all in we need look i know what it's like to have jam packard on a team you need him on your team okay <laughs> Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we get to the jam's junk drawer? There's, there's one more. Oh, thing okay. I want to talk about actual basketball before we get to the junk drawer, and it's just uh, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, this evening, we saw him struggle uh, against the Cavs' offense, and they were doing something. They weren't committing as many players uh, against him. They're basically just allowing him to go to the rim and rely on their size of their help defenders to kind of meet him at the rim. He did an all right job of that, but I think there's. There were a number of occasions where he had just kind of wide open mid-range jump shots, and I think uh, if the Celtics are going to score the way we kind of described earlier uh, in the podcast, he's really just going to have to start pulling up and taking long twos uh, and knocking them down because that was that felt like the only opportunity he had to kind of really make an impact tonight. But he kept on trying to get into the paint and kind of felt like he was still treating it like he had guys around him, like he was playing against the Wizards. But he's really just got to knock down those long twos if if the Celtics are going to have a chance and really open up the offense because the Cavaliers are a huge basketball team and every single one of their players is just big for their position. So they're not going to have a problem really meeting or uh, kind of protecting the rim against Isaiah. I'll, I'll say that I agree a little bit with that. I'd like to still see him get into the paint, but maybe try a, a series of like floaters or somewhere, get somewhere around the free throw line and not, I don't know if that, that probably doesn't qualify as a long two, but it's more mid range, but yeah, something in the mid range, he has to do something cause they're just waiting for him at the restricted circle right now. And there's not much. Yeah. I think, I think he needs to go back to some of his old tricks, like jumping off the wrong foot. Like those shots that he was making earlier in the season, kind of like off, off the left foot type of shots that throw off the timing of the guy trying to block his shot and contest his shot. Like he needs to start changing Going back to my baseball analogy, changing speeds. He just needs to start showing those defenders a different look. So whether it's getting a floater up, jumping off the wrong foot, and getting a shot up sooner than a defender would think, and that's just just enough, just enough to keep the defender honest so he can't time it and prepare for what Isaiah is going to do. I think Isaiah got away from that a little bit. He starts. Need, he, I think he needs to start digging into that bag of tricks a little bit more and, and get get a lot craftier around the rim. 
just something to pull the guys like away from the basket. I think it will open up passing lanes for cutters. It's just because the whatever the Cavs were doing uh, in the first half, it's Isaiah wasn't the one getting the the open looks. It was it was everyone else uh, I think. But if the Celtics are really going to score with the Cavs, Isaiah is going to need to go off for at least at least thirty probably for the, the Celtics to have a realistic chance. Probably, of winning. probably. Okay. All right. Let's get to this junk. Let's drawer. go. It's full of junk after watching this game. Hit that. Let's music. go. I got it this time. Uh, Amir Johnson just can't jump with Tristan Thompson. It just breaks my heart. I know we talked about Amir a little bit, but it's just, it's sad for the big dog to just, his ankles just can't do anything against him. And it's, it's very difficult to watch. Um, big Poppy was in the house tonight supporting his uh, Dominican brother, Al Horford. Um, I just want to take this time to uh, take all the credit in the world um, for Al Horford coming to Boston because last year when he was with the Hawks, I made a, a point of going into the locker room and asking Al Horford about his relationship with Pedro Martinez and uh, David Ortiz. And I feel like because of that, he really started to consider Boston. I, t- I told him about all the Dominican flags that would show up at Pedro starts. So um, you're welcome, Celtics fans. I'm the reason Al Horford came to Boston. Um, let's go. <laughs> Celtics got to implement the, uh, the old Princeton-style offense, just constantly backdoor cutting because that feels like the only way they're going to get any sort of consistent offense. Just like Princeton, when you're a 15 seed going up against UCLA, they just got to constantly backdoor cut. If anyone can do it, Brad Stevens, Wonderboy, can do it uh, before game two. Um, I'm here for Marcus shenanigans. I think Marcus needs to be um, all up in the Cavs business for the entire game. He needs to flop. He needs to start. He needs to get in um, numerous fisticuffs. I'm just... If, the, if we're going to get our asses kicked, why not go out with Marcus Smart being the most obnoxious player uh, of all time? It just doesn't feel like there's any other way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that. Let's just do it. I think the whole team should be trash talking from the beginning. Like, it just everybody should just dive into this knowing that what's the worst case scenario? You're going to get blown out for three more games? Do it. Everybody's all in. All right. Uh, Early on the game, it was a kind of a competition for who, which Cav was going to become my new least favorite player. And it started off with uh, uh, Shumpert versus uh, Kevin Love. But with the game that Kevin Love had, uh, he quickly emerged as my least favorite Cavs player. There was one point where he got fouled by Isaiah and he was on the ground. He kind of gave this like, I'm going to say it's a douchey smirk that really uh, drew my ire. (laughs) Um, uh, So Kevin Love, congratulations as your Jam Packard's new least favorite uh, opponent. So he's really going to just all the threes he makes is going to really piss me off the entire series. Uh, So congratulations, Kevin Love. Um, uh, Tyler Zeller got some burn and uh, wasn't good, but wasn't bad. Didn't didn't fail us. It made sense. The Celtics needed some size to protect the rim. And uh, unfortunately for the Celtics, um, the answer was Tyler Zeller. But shouts to Tyler. He he didn't make it any worse than it already was. (laughs) Um, oh, Justin Rowan, Cavs Nada on Twitter. I just started following him for the series. Normally he's like, he is the most obnoxious Cleveland Cavs Lears fan. And I just, I like, it takes every fiber in my being to keep following him. But I'm doing it for the love of the of the series and the rivalry, uh, if you can even call it a rivalry. But just, I want to let you all know it's tough for me because he just really makes me angry. He's very arrogant. And this leads to my other point. He's very critical of Al Horford and the signing of Al Horford. And this is just uh, it's, it's probably the saddest moment of tonight's podcast is just discussing 
Al Horford's record against LeBron James in the playoffs. I think he's 0-13 now. Uh, I thought it was 0-12, uh, but either way, uh, it's bad. It's not good. He just is, can't perform against uh, LeBron James, and it's like, man, I, I love Al Horford. Al Horford's the man. The entire reason the Celtics are doing this well this season is because of Al Horford and his plays on the defensive end and his opening up the system of offense for Isaiah. It's just, I don't know. I don't. I have no way to retort any kind of Al Horford versus LeBron James argument, but I, just, I love Al and I feel for him. So when Justin Rowan brings it up, it's just like stabbing me in the heart. Uh, I don't know what to do. I, I have nothing to add to that. Sad. Sad. All right. We got a Brad Steam in this timeout at the end of the half for four seconds left to get an Isaiah Thomas three. That was pretty cool. Classic Brad Stevens. Um, Kyrie Irving didn't do much this game, so there's a moral victory for all the stool greedy. Come on. Like for the for the IT versus Kyrie argument, I think you got to give this one to IT, even though the team lost by what, 27, like 37? Isaiah had a better game than Kyrie. Um, I just want to shout out to the members of Celtics Twitter still talking shit tonight. Um because those guys are the real MVPs. Those guys are committed way more than I could ever be. So, you know what? Good for you guys. Um, the Cavs uh, are super obnoxious to the fact that they're up by 20 for most of the game and still argue every single call. Uh, there was one play earlier in the game where Isaiah Thomas got fouled and like threw the ball off the backboard in frustration. And LeBron James went after the refs and was like, come on, that's got to be a tech. And it's like, come on, buddy. You're the best player in the world. We don't need any of this. Just they, they act like it's its the biggest deal in the world when they don't get calls. And I know this is something that only frustrates us because we're down by 20. But come on, you're up by 20. It's just not fair. Anymore. Right. I, I'm with you. Uh, when does Gary Tangway come out with the take that they the Celtics just got to start fouling uh, LeBron James hard and show him that this is playoff basketball? Because um, I think it's before game two uh, on his whatever his show is. Someone's going to come with that take, and I felt like uh, it's Tangway's take tonight. Probably. Uh, he's probably making it as we record this, to be honest. Because there's always one dumb kind of guy take after a team loses bad in the playoffs. And it's like, oh, yeah, you should just hit him hard. It happened with Isaiah Thomas in Chicago. It's it's obnoxious. Yeah. But Tangway, let's go for it. Um I love arrogant Avery Bradley. I think that uh, that's kind of been one of the best developments of this playoffs is him just having so much more confidence. And I don't think it's actually arrogance, but it's so much better to say uh, arrogant Avery Bradley for the alliteration rather than confident Avery Bradley. But when he tried to yam over uh, LeBron James down by 19 points, that was awesome. I really wish that went in, but I'm all for arrogant Avery. Yeah, that's a great bad guy wrestling name. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, third quarter, at the end of the third quarter interview, Brad Stevens loves the um, metaphor, just got to go for singles, no home runs. Yeah. And he reminds me very much of Ichiro because they said Ichiro could uh, could have hit like 60 home runs a year, but he just, no, he just loved going the other way and hitting like a, a bloop single uh, to left field. So Brad Stevens is the Ichiro of uh, coaching basketball. Agree or disagree? I, I agree. They, they used to say the same thing about Wade Boggs. But I'm much older than you, so I remember things they said about Wade Boggs as opposed to, you know, before your time, you know, stuff. All I know about Wade Boggs is that he ate chicken at like 4.26 before every single game, and he once drank 17 beers on a commercial flight. Which which was the basis for an Always Sunny episode last season, uh, which was awesome, the Wade Boggs episode. 
uh, which was great. So, but yeah. So Brad, Brad Stevens, Wade Boggs, Ichiro, basically all the same. Yeah. Is what we're trying to say uh, is the conclusion here. Um, Jalen Brown, after he had a, he got basically bullied out of the lane at one point, he was trying to complain to the refs and the refs were just completely ignoring him. And I think, I don't know for sure. I think I, I saw him trying to snap at the, and try to get the refs attention so he could complain more and the refs weren't having it. And so that was just kind of the classic rook. Like you're not, especially if they're calling it a for LeBron James, they're not going to listen to your complaints. So if it was Fizdale complaining, they actually did rook Jalen Brown. They absolutely rooked him, and he's a rookie, so he he kind of That's what he meant. Um, All right. And then finally, um, many of you may see the explicit image uh, that is going around the internet tonight of Isaiah Thomas uh, attempting to foul LeBron James. This is where he came up um, with the limp. Uh, And Isaiah is a tiny man, and he did his best to to kind of hard foul him like Gary Tangway would have wanted. Um, but he's a tiny man, and LeBron James is a superhuman, and Isaiah's head ended up in his crotch, um, <laughs> and it's just, uh, the op- it was a bad visual, not great optics, but uh, that's all I'm going to say about that, it was just, it's not the tiny sportsman's fault, it's just bad That's visual. just, yep, wrong place, wrong time, that's probably going to make, it's probably going to take on a life of its own on the internet. Oh well, file <laughs> that one under shit happens, I don't, well, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right. Good one. That junk drawer was better than the game. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. A lot of junk. A lot of a junk. Lot of junk. Uh, Celtics lose game one, 117-104. In the Eastern Conference Finals, that's a tough one. Uh, Friday night is game two. And if you are listening and you are a New Yorker, you should – Come join me at Professor Tom's in the East Village because I am holding a New York uh, Celtics fans get-together viewing party for Game 2. Search for it on Eventbrite. Search for Celtics-Cavs Game 2 viewing party. Go to my Twitter. It's on Twitter. I've tweeted out the link a bunch. Uh, Let me know. Tweet at me, and I will send you the link if need be. But come out. We've got a few spots left. We're trying to get a, a few dozen people to come out. And watch the game, and we'll you know we'll plaster it on social media. We'll have a good time. So it, it, look, the worst case scenario is it goes like this: we're already in a bar, we can drink our sorrows away. And it's New York; you don't have to drive anywhere. You can take a train or a bus, or you know one of the million cabs that are out there. So do that. We'll watch game two together. Hopefully, game two is much better than game one. Remember to. If you're a, a, a hiring manager, if you're running a business, remember ZipRecruiter.com slash LOCeltics. That is your free trial, ZipRecruiter.com slash LOCeltics, to put together a winning team and post your job to over 100 job sites with one click. Do that. In the meantime, we're going to get ready for game two. Uh, Jay King is back tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. He should have a special guest, somebody that you should you should know. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it. He, we got Mike Fratello to come on to the next show, uh, assuming that he things continue and, and nothing gets canceled. But right now we got Mike Fratello on, on tomorrow's show, so stick around for that, and we'll be back with more. This has been the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales, locked on Celtics.
Support for this podcast comes from NetSuite. NetSuite lets you run your business from your phone, so you can see what's going on with your company in real time. Go to netsuite.com slash podcast to get your free guide and find out why NetSuite is the last business system you'll ever need. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.